0: Special edition of the Hoop Form NBA podcast. As always, it's Ben Likerman and Adam Elder in the building, ready to tackle all the news, action, and drama that this league provides us on a nightly basis. And what a night it was last night in the NBA. The first ever champion of the NBA. NBA in-season tournament was crowned. The winners of the first ever NBA Cup, the Los Angeles Lakers, led by none other than LeBron James and Anthony Davis, most importantly. My goodness, 41 minutes. He puts up 41 points. 40-ounce last night. 41 points, 20 rebounds, and 5 assists. My goodness, Adam, wouldn't you know this guy is dominant when he wants to be.
1: How many blocks? Four blocks.
0: Four blocks. Handful of steals. Let's see here. How many steals did he have? Uh, No steals.
1: Played like the... I would say like what? 90% of the first quarter too. Played the majority of big time minutes last night. Took a couple of falls even and kept rolling. Took contact and kept going. He looks looks very in shape. I'm actually really happy. He hit a couple... I even messaged you last night. He even he hit one sidestep mid range shot that I was like, okay, we got a little bubble action going on here. Like the jumper was jumper out there, 18. dude. Yeah. yeah, I think he had oh. at least two mid range.
0: Yeah. It's like no, nice. he had a couple. He had a couple middies, and he had that one where he got knocked down, but it still went in.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. That one was nice. He like kind of threw it in.
0: His best one was from the uh, baseline, though. He had a nice one from the baseline, but. Yeah, I mean, he played phenomenal, and the 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 defense cannot go understated, and it continues to basically be that way. Like he is undeniable on the defensive end. What's crazy is I think they are playing well enough right now to where maybe he doesn't have to put up forty one every night. Maybe he could get you twenty to twenty five a night, which I think that's pretty reasonable of him to do. But that defense is enough to just create so many opportunities for this team, and you saw it last night. And he capitalized on those opportunities himself. He took care of the mismatches. He reacted quick in the double teams. And he just looked like an absolute monster out there. And when he does that, I mean, he's a top seven, top five player in the league. And that's not even hot. But LeBron James is no slouch in this situation either. Just absolutely cooking last night as old man James playing out of his mind. He shot 47% from the field, 80% from the line. Uh, let's see, 11 rebounds, 24 points, four assists. He had two steals. So, LeBron absolutely dominant as well in this game. From the tip, these guys, uh, these guys were locked in, and you could tell they elevated
1: everyone around them. Uh, I think what matters the most against this Pacers team, and I think that you probably noticed this as well, is that the Lakers start four guys that are six, seven. And yes. the Pacers cannot defend on the perimeter. Like you said, they run yep. guys off the line. Threes are more than twos, and that's what we shoot. So, and the Lakers were like, okay, that plays right into our hand because we will make every paint shot. We will take every shot in the paint. Don't make us yeah. shoot 31 threes. We will yeah, put take us every on the, paint
0: shot. Put us on the line, put us in the paint, yes. and we're going to dominate you. Good luck. Yep. And then not only that, I mean, we can still get out in transition if we want to, too, because the Lakers were playing well in transition last night as well. But what it really, that's what it really came down to for me is like, Indiana only executed half their game plan. Yeah, you ran them off the line. Sure, the Lakers went to a 13 from three. We get it. You shut them down from three. They didn't have an option. I don't think they wanted the option, <laughs> to your point. I think the Lakers were like, okay, fine, because you know what? We're going to just shut you down on the offense. We're going to make sure Halliburton ain't shit. He had seven points in the first half. Yeah, They shut him down. I mean, they sh- absolutely shut him down. Not so his
1: little yeah. fadeaway bag stuff from six feet behind the three-point line. He made a, one of those in the first four minutes of the game, and that was it.
0: And, and I'm not here to discredit that guy at all. I love what Halliburton right, did this yeah. whole run. I love what he's still doing. And But I was talking to Mitch about this. We saw last night the deficiencies of a young team truly getting exposed. And it's not like, oh, they're exposed. Like, they're trash. They're nothing. No, it's, I'm not even close to saying that. I'm just saying there's real deficiencies there, especially on the defensive end. We know that that type of game plan ultimately fails against a team like the Lakers, the Aka the Houston Rockets in the bubble yeah. tried to do that. <laughs> what happened to those guys? You remember them? Yeah, they got bounced on the way to a Lakers championship. So, yeah, I mean we we've seen this style of play before, um, and although it's a little bit different because Halliburton's so you know unique and and different in the way he looks, and it's not exactly uh, as fluent as what James Harden used to put up and everything. Uh, it's ultimately a similar style of basketball. And I think it just, it got exposed last night against a dominant defensive large team. Like you said, everyone's six, five, six, seven on that lineup. So what are you going to do? And Austin Reeves, Holy shit. I mean, twenty yeah. two, twenty two 22 points in, what was it? Uh, what was it? 12 minutes, 22 points. I think in 12 minutes, so it was minutes. like from the end. Oh
1: yeah. In, in the, the, beginning, the beginning.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah from the end on. of the first to the end of the second, he put up twenty-two points because the second quarter he
1: just balled out of his mind. Did you see that fade? He had one crossover fadeaway mid-range that made the mm-hmm. whole crowd go oh! But he missed. The yes. shot. he had that. Yeah, I mean, he did he, got he cooked uh, Turner? He got switched to yeah. Turner and just absolutely cooked him. <laughs> yeah, he did cook him. He it looked nice. Belly. He was playing.
0: He was playing flashy last night. It was it was awesome.
1: That Actually, uh, you know, that's one guy that I would bring up that you were talking about. The Pacers, I wouldn't say, you know, got exposed, but I think that Miles Turner was exposed a little. Okay. Because my thought watching, watching him, I'm like, he's more cat than we want to admit, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's got mm-hmm. the shot blocking, but body-to-body against Anthony Davis, Nothing. Yeah. And yeah, he loves to shoot the three, but I mean, everything else, it just, the three doesn't look great. No. And he's really not a, a rim protector. He's a shot mm-hmm. blocker. Not truly. Not truly. Right. Because when it came yeah. down to it, he was just getting bodied in the post. hmm And it took like a guy like Reeves getting brave on him before he could get a block. Because I think he sent Reeves back pretty hard one time, but that was it. Mm-hmm. Like on a switch. So that was the only part of the Pacers' real ideology that I was like kind of actually questioning last night. That and like Buddy Heald was just so cold. Buddy Heald was like unbelievably cold last night.
0: Their whole team was cold. They went 10 of 41 from three. So that's what I First mean. That, round that was
1: not even a factor in this game.
0: The second half of their game plan just was not executed well. Yeah, you ran them off the line, but you didn't hit your threes. So the math didn't math. It didn't add up. It just, it simply didn't. And as a result, you lose the game. But hey, they stuck with them. Uh, Into the the first half, it was a five-point game. And they showed clips of Tyrese walking off the court because he was mic'd up. He's like, it's all right. We're down five. We're down five. They weren't worried. And there was points throughout the third where they kept it close. And there was even
1: points in the fourth. I think six minutes in the fourth, it was still getting a little hot. Yeah, um, it took the Lakers pulling away with that like thirteen to zero run in the last three minutes that actually yeah. sealed it. Because it like do you remember at like the very bottom it was like seven to zero Lakers run, and then like two mm-hmm. minutes later nine zero Lakers run, and then it was thirteen mm-hmm. zero Lakers run. I was like they just have no answers in the clutch for any of yeah. this. Like the yeah. Lakers were just gone at that point.
0: Not with the way LeBron was locked in last night, and you, I heard clips from LeBron too, uh, from uh, the maybe the mics on the floor or something, and how much he was communicating last night, dude. I mean, he was directing everything, and not that he's not doing that on a nightly basis, but you could just you could feel the energy from him in his voice. What he was directing the whole entire team that was just it was different last night. He was on a different right. level. Um, he played phenomenal. He had some great finishes. Um, but yeah, I mean this, this was awesome for them. Um, they got paid. These guys get paid and that's fun. I think it's awesome that this went exactly how I wanted it to. Cause I predict my one more take there a few episodes ago was Pacers Lakers in the end season tournament and we got it and it went how I thought it would go. I went how that matchup thought it would go. Lakers handled their business. I'm very impressed. LeBron
1: just um, can't not be involved in the debut of a new NBA like asset, is what it is. Dude, this is thing's going to get named after him, is it not? <laughs> not if he's is this an thing owner? not going to get named after him? Not if he's an owner, I don't think. It might really? be like a 2040 decision. He's going to
0: have an award named after him. There's no oh, yeah. way he doesn't have an award. They'll probably
1: name named the entire all NBA first team. Like, the LeBron James All-NBA First Team Award.
0: That's <laughs> that not everybody a to
1: LeBron James idea.
0: <laughs> That's not a bad idea. So, in terms of the end-season tournament overall, Adam, I mean,
1: give it a rating. Just give me a rating right now. 1 8. out of 10. 8.2 8. 2 out of 10. Okay. I think it's pretty strong. I think it was a pretty and strong And mainly for sport.
0: the quarterfinals on,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, the tournament basketball was good. I think, like... I mean, yeah, D Lo. D Lo is obviously feeling some type of way now that he's now that he's part of winning basketball and a tournament structure. But like he's talking about how it's preview, preview, preview. This is a sneak peek, sneak peek, sneak peek. I'm like, all right. I know. I'm, to, like, I'm like, dude, you don't want to be the guy that's like traded because you uh, he had me going last night, man. Like the first eight minutes of the game with D Lo, I was like this is everything he needs to be. He was doing his normal shit where he's just handling the ball well. He's looking mm. for Anthony Davis. He had a mm. beautiful pass that went right underneath Bruce Brown's fingers for AD just right running down the lane and I was like, "Okay, mm. that was flawless. He was playing point guard last night.
0: He was doing his, his decision calls. making was way more on point than it usually is, dude.
1: Very he clear. Was, very yeah. clear. I was, I was loving what I was seeing from D'Lo alone. Even though he had, like, two points and three assists, I'm like, he is making this team work on a playmaking level. And mm-hmm. it just, like, he was doing his little Chris Paul back down, like, from 18 feet where he was putting out his arm like this. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I was like, this creates, like, six different lanes. You got two mm-hmm. spot-up shooters on the outside. You have two guys there in the paint. And he's up and looking. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, he... Ended up being cold for the rest of the game, but I was like D-Lo, It can be such an important starter for this team. That's what his role should be. His role should be: can I make an immediate impact in the first sixteen minutes of this game? And, and not only, only that, those
0: those lanes that that opens up, dude, creates so many opportunities for LeBron when he's fucking when he's cutting like he did in fucking Miami yeah. right now, dude. And right,
1: yeah.
0: I mean, like, they're yeah, cutting exactly. at like an elite level, I feel like. Is, at least that's what it looks like in moments no, like that. I think that. so,
1: too. I think so, too. I think Darwin Ham is like, we got the athletes to cut all over the lane. Because there was even a time where Reddish was just strolling in front of the rim and there was no one there. And D'Lo mm-hmm. just didn't see him. Or it was just too mm-hmm. difficult of a pass to get him to. But I'm like, these guys they are they're finding ways to get open all the time. And of course, Reddish is going to score. Reddish had one of their threes, huge three yeah. in the fourth as, yeah. a, as an answer. Yeah, it was one of those. closer are threes.
0: Yeah, and that was nice. That was nice. Uh, a lot, a lot of work. I would say overall for me, um, I would say just because of how I thought the group play was a little bit clunky and needs cleaned up, and how I thought the some of the uniforms and courts were a little rough, I'm going to yeah. go a little bit lower. Maybe like seven point. like a low 7 like somewhere there like not quite just a clean 7 but not really a (laughs) 7.5 I'm going to be real picky but it was pretty awesome from the quarterfinals on and to see an underdog story like the Pacers that's what you want to see you want to see a small market like that make some noise Um, and then ultimately they run into the juggernaut the final boss and the final boss wins I mean this is just what LeBron James does he stamps his name on whatever he can and he did it here and you love this guy
1: was the guy exactly yes his guy was the guy
0: yeah anthony davis really really stepped up here uh i actually the vegas crowd was cool i liked how they had the arena blacked out for these games i liked that i I like the way the, the courts looked in vegas in general i think out of all the courts those were like the best ones um, they weren't too much. You know, I think they were done tastefully yeah. in terms of color scheme. It was appropriate. Uh some of the clunky things though for me were like and you know, they just do these things regardless, but like the halftime stuff uh during uh between the Pacers and the uh the Pacers Bucks and the Lakers Pelicans, like that stuff that they did was just really rough. They had like who was it, it was Nelly and right?
1: Or they did yeah, that. they did that,
0: but but they did like the singing competition too. It was oh, like Nelly yeah. Nelly versus TLC or something, and
1: like I, mean, I don't know. Vegas. They're gonna have performers, yeah. you know. Like it's got to be a show, I guess. It was it was executed
0: like really awkwardly though. Like if you go back and watch any of it, like it was. It's honestly worth watching just because of how like awkward it was. Me and Summer were both just like, "What? What is?"
1: This? I think that's <laughs> like, this is just so bad. the Vegas sprinkle on things that things always end up being because when f1 was in las vegas too a lot of their things were just like cringe because they had famous people just coming out of like corners everywhere you have the singing competition for the nba halftime shows it's like what the fuck like yeah it's so yeah it's really bizarre but it's just like you know
0: i guess people were pissed too because they had to like leave in between those games too. Like they completely cleaned out the arena and then you had to come back. It was two separate tickets. You didn't buy like... But there was a lot of people who bought both tickets. But even when they bought both tickets, they still assumed, like, oh, we might just be able, like, no, no, you don't get to stay in the arena between games. They cleaned you out. So that was, I guess, I like got a lot of uh, heat yeah. too for the event in Vegas. Um, my biggest idea, I guess, like going forward would be with the... Obviously, we're, we've already beat it to a dead horse um take toning down the uniforms in the courts to a certain degree um but i think also making group stage start group play start in december because i think this whole thing started a little bit too early to be like the in season tournament personally yeah i think it should wrap around christmas maybe if not new year's maybe new year's and let the whole month of december be group play into the tournament let the whole month just every night, instead of you just your Friday and your Tuesday, let it just run the whole month. Like, let it really be something that happens for this stretch. And then you have a cool-down period in January, you have the trade deadline in, what, February, and then you're in the second half of the season, and then shit's getting real. Yeah. Like, I think that works as a schedule, and plus that's gonna make even more hype around the Christmas Day games if they're counting towards
1: the tournament, which is about to be
0: ending. Yeah. On Christmas Day, like, and then like the finals would be on like New Year's or something like that. Like that would be lit, I think.
1: Yeah, that would actually be really nice. Yeah. Or you could also do this. What if there was like a ladder to the prize money? Like I know each, each play, it was right. Each player got 500,000.
0: There was though. There already was. I found that out. There already was. So like the Pacers made $50,000 alone to make it initially to Vegas, I believe it was. So like each team, you, oh. you are there already was a pay yeah, there already was a pay structure. Okay. So some of the team yeah. So I think every team that made it to Vegas got paid some amount. I think like the first check was like fifty thousand or something like that. <laughs> yeah. At that's the end dumb. so the the Pacers <laughs> still end with two hundred thousand for being second place. They still end with two hundred thousand. Oh,
1: nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty good. That's yeah. That's 80% of a D'Angelo Russell vacation, but yeah, pretty good.
0: Dude, one of the guys, I can't remember who it was they said, but the announcers were like, so-and-so on the Pacers. I don't know, he's probably like their 12th man. 46% of his salary. That was 46% of his salary. So even though they lost, that man just got one hell of a stimulus
1: check. Yep. Like, holy shit. Exactly, so. that's why like, you get these good performances from guys or guys that want to contribute because you know, not everyone's your Anthony Davis, LeBron James, maxed out, max contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, even Halliburton himself, like, and you know what's funny too is that I saw Halliburton's contract again today, and he's five for two sixty if he makes first team all NBA within that time frame. And now we're looking at this right. first year, like, oh, he might just do that. Like, maybe. We'll see. But like. I was like, that's That's pretty damn good. But but yeah, I mean, not everyone's those level of guys and you can pull in some pretty serious money. And the Lakers, the rich just get richer. (laughs) Well, and even,
0: but even LeBron said it. I mean, LeBron straight up said it in his uh, award speech uh, when he got the uh, in-season MVP which I think a lot of people were giving him shit for, but the context is there. It's for the whole tournament. It's not just for that game. Everyone's like, that should have been AD. I'm like, no, we're talking the whole tournament. Like, yes, AD was phenomenal. Last
1: game, LeBron hit, like, what, six
0: threes? Yeah, Uh, and pulling from the logo. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, But LeBron mentioned the money right away in that speech. Like, yeah, we wanted to get these guys paid. Like, that's that's, I mean, this is what it's about, really. And the NBA knows that, and that's why they had to incentivize it. I would say maybe increase the money too. Even, you know what? Well, that's what I was going to
1: say. Like, if you're the four seed, like the Pacers were, maybe you get like a fifteen percent, like boost onto that prize money. So now it's like five hundred ninety k, six hundred twenty k. Like you just can push it up a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, ultimately. I'd say going forward, I think 70% of the framework is there for this to continue to be successful. I think they figured yep. out some good things from it. And yeah, like there's a lot of incentivizing around the NBA schedule that could make it a lot more attractive, especially if it doesn't start. Because it was like four games into the season when they started this. I was like, oh, like they really yeah. are starting this early. And like that's, the group play kind of just went so quick
0: that's what I mean. Like, I feel like it would have mattered more if it wasn't just Tuesdays and Friday nights. That was fun at first. It was like the first few episodes we did. It was like, yeah, IST Tuesdays. You know what I mean? This is cool. Like I remember like sitting down to watch it. I was kind of getting excited. But now that I'm looking back in like perspective, I'm like, I think it would be better if one, it started a little bit later. I think it was boom, boom, boom. And two, I think you just need to, you need to make it last longer. Um, and I think that'll have even more impact and maybe clean up some of the, like the point differential stuff and everything like that too. Cause that's not going a lot away. of the team that's betting lines. Yeah. They love the complexities of that shit. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, last thing I'll say on it is, how do you feel about it always being in Vegas? Uh,
1: I mean, I, yeah, I think that's pretty good. You think, think that's, you think that'll hold? Especially because if Vegas is a neutral site, I think that gives it more water. But if it's you know (laughs) a LeBron James-led franchise, that's what I'm saying. Las Vegas, LeBron's there exactly. I mean that kind of cheapens that because obviously I mean it was this was a home game. Yeah,
0: Lakers
1: fans live way too close to Las Vegas. I mean, Lakers fans are everywhere. But there's yeah. going to be a conglomeration of Lakers fans and Lakers fans even in Vegas that are going to be there cheering. For
0: well, them. the celebrities that pulled up, it looked like a
1: fucking Laker, Lakers game yeah. out there. Exactly. Yeah. I just yeah. I think that Las Vegas is now being turned into the city of sin gambling. So Now it's like sports gambling and live sports events. Like Mm -hmm. we have the premier top of the world sports events happening here that happen once a year, Mm -hmm. that level of attraction because you know what Mm -hmm. that just did Saturday night what that just did for Las Vegas like that was a huge night huge huge boost
0: yeah so I mean all the nights I'm sure
1: yeah exactly and like I mean and you're always gonna have people that how many people from Indiana you know that are season ticket holders for the Pacers showed up to that game last night. Less than mm. 4%, probably. 4 mm. to 5%. I don't think your average Indiana Pacers basketball home game enjoyer is going to be flying out to Vegas for those things, but you're still going to attract the top 10% of fans in those higher like, brackets that are going to, well, yeah. just, you know, hey, man, let's go to Vegas and go see the in-season tournament and go to the Bellagio, go to the MGM and that kind of stuff, you know? Spend some money. It's just too much money going around for it to ever not be bad that it's in Vegas. And the fact that it's Vegas alone made it kind of fun too. So
0: I think that I, I, I agree. That's well. I agree with all of that. The only thing is, is like Adam Silver has been quoted as recent as like weeks ago saying that once the TV deals wrapped up in 2024, it's expansion plans so maybe at the latest 2026 2027 i would say 2027 at the absolute latest we're probably looking at expansion by 2026 probably going to be vegas probably going to be lebron it's not a neutral place anymore so then it might be something that i think has to shift i heard the idea of that you just stick it home in a way i mean you just do it that way like the team that has the best record or whatever is the higher seed in the situation, you just play a home game because that, like you said, that was practically a Lakers home (laughs) anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about here? If anything, you should actually give a, give a team a real advantage there in terms of that and just have it at their home court. Um, but that's, that, that's probably we're a couple of years away from that. I think it will continue to be at Vegas for at least the next two seasons or whatever it is until we have. Vegas team because I think that's inevitable especially after what Silver said last night as he's announcing LeBron as the
1: uh, Vegas and in Seattle, Seattle are next they're next yeah yeah
0: he, he literally told LeBron he's like the only thing I can't give you with this word is you know is a, is a whole franchise sorry he literally tongue-in-cheek made the joke like LeBron's working vaccines. scenes Windhorse has already been alluding to it Wilbur Wilbon's already been alluding to it these are guys that are close to LeBron that know LeBron
1: um, yeah it's happening just wait Let's for the Walsh bomb. The Walsh bomb is going to hit like just absolute pure oxygen when we see it. He'll have has to be hit. retired, though, right? I mean, yeah, I don't think he's going to be. If LeBron would was... not let him do that. If LeBron is the first player, coach, franchise, board member, <laughs> president, legend, Le like, I don't even know. Like, it
0: just Does won. he. Do they just move the Kings to Seattle and change their name to the Supersonics and then give LeBron's team Le Kings?
1: (laughs) Is that what happens? Is that what happens? Do they just call them the Le Kings? I mean, if the Le Kings are going to be mediocre for three more seasons, I don't see why they wouldn't get moved. I don't know. I think that they're safe. I think that silver is like we need new franchises. We need Sacramento. I would say is far from mediocre too. That was a little hot. They're not impressing me this year. That's just a totally different branch. But yeah, they're not like they're not hidden for me this year. I think Harrison Barnes might just be kind of Walsh. Well.
0: I mean, he's getting up there and he's ultimately just a role player anyway. So I think they'd have bigger fish to fry before they even start worrying about Harrison Barnes as a cog in the machine. But that's a whole another branch, as you said. Let's, let's keep it rolling back over here to list LeBron and this franchise thing. I think we're two years away from a retirement, realistically. So if we're about two to three years away from expansion, then that's going to line up perfectly. I also think he would not be afraid to just coach right away too. I can see him coaching almost immediately.
1: You really think Braun wants to be a coach, though? So I don't know. I think he does. I think LeBron's executive class. You think? I think Braun's executive class. I think LeBron's the high. I hire people. I hire the, I, the best. That people. means AD
0: is going to LeBron's expansion team after his contract's done with the Lakers. That's all that means.
1: That's no. all that means. Braun Bron will be a pragmatic businessman. It'd be like, AD, I can't sign you. You're the glass man. <laughs> Oh shit. Would be,
0: well, I would be, so well, dude, be like, you know, we thought about trading for A.D, but you know he's injury prone, and then they just starts this whole feud. That'd be nuts, dude. That'd be
1: nuts.: Uh wow, yes. Yeah, so, I have quite the feeling that Anthony Davis will retire later. Really? Yeah. I have what are I you have talking like 33,
0: 34 years old? He doesn't play I think that I long, think much both longer. You and I
1: know that after AD got that bubble chip, I don't think AD is a multiple chip kind of guy. He well, might, see be, you're saying, but
0: like, so he can't win one more.
1: Is I'm, I'm that not, what you're I'm saying? Not that, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm just, I'm saying like personally, you know, AD was like, I balled the fuck out for that chip in the bubble. We were the ones that came up in those circumstances. We won it. They were already a dominant team that year, too. Like, people act like that wasn't a thing. The Lakers were, like, 31-9 and over the first 40 games. They were a dominant team. AD Mm -hmm. was dominant, arguably, in his prime. I don't know. You can't say Andy's not still in his prime. He's still in his prime. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting off course here. But, like, they just... He's such an enigma of a player. Like, it's just like you know, like, two weeks from now, he's going to have a 12-point game, four for 16. He's never going to hit another mid-range jumper again. Everybody's going to be like, hey, he's trash! He's going to have a <laughs> yeah. sprained ankle for yeah. four weeks.
0: Yeah. Oh, my God. The, the highs and lows of this guy. Uh, <laughs> the way they've been playing heart? lately. The way they've been playing lately, Adam. Currently right now. Let's see here. They are sitting 5th in the Western Conference, or 14-9. and nine. They are on a 7-3 and three on their last 10. Three-game win streak, but not counting the game last night, so it's not a seven-game win streak. I was a little, a little off on that earlier. Um, but they're still looking good right now. Um, they're starting to kind of find their groove. I mean, they're tied with the Nuggets there at 14-9, and nine, so they're realistically the four seed um, behind Dallas, Thunder, Minnesota. I think that's right where they want to be. I think that sets them up for a good matchup. That's kind of a sweet spot in the conference there for them. I don't think there's really one particular matchup that they look at other than the Nuggets that they're worried about. Um, I mean, they pull a 1st so, Clippers matchup. That's, cool. I think they lo- you. Don't think they'd like
1: that? No, I think they'd like that a lot. Like oh, yeah, just, if they're like facing down that matchup right now, they're like, We're good,
0: or the Suns, even. I think they're really no, like confident against the, the Suns,
1: yeah, yeah, because the Suns just don't. It's the it's the Indiana mean, they, problem the it, in a different sphere, you know, like they just don't have the personnel to defend. In the yeah, paint. I mean, and the Suns are just gonna be against AD. Yeah.
0: The Suns exactly. are 0 and 3 against the Lakers this season. So I mean, it's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah. I think the Lakers are comfortable right now and I think they're they're really finding their groove and LeBron was hinting at that as well. I th- would say that my thoughts on them just because of how messy the west is right now, how the Nuggets have been up and down as well, for me I think this is the most I wouldn't even say confident but the most thought I've given towards them actually being championship contenders yeah. this season. Like, right. oh, this team could win a championship. Like probably within LeBron- that
1: top like eight
0: of teams. Yeah. I'm 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 impressed. I'm impressed. So really, really it's gonna be interesting to see now as we get out of this group stage uh and we move forward here. Um Adam, I don't think we really talked about it yet, but let's look at the Christmas Day games while we're at it.
1: Oh yeah. I feel um, like we have a good slate coming up here. Yeah, so we're going to be
0: looking at... This is going to be on uh, Christmas Day. Um, it's going to be Milwaukee versus New York. So that's going to be a little rehash from the in-season tournament there. See if the Knicks can get some revenge there in a big game. Um, and you got Golden State versus Denver. Let's hope everyone's healthy and on the floor for that just so we get a real competitive matchup there. Uh, Boston versus Lakers. It's going to be a f- absolute throw down, dude. That's going to be a drama fest if you've ever yeah. seen one. Every, every time LeBron and, uh, faces uh, Boston, it's just incredible. going to sign
1: a 10-day to be back on the Lakers just for that game. It's in LA, too.
0: So, <laughs> oh, you know, it's crazy. just going to be nuts. And Bucks, uh, Bucks are at New York as well. Um, and shouts out Denver getting the home game there as well um, for Christmas. And then you got the night games. Philly at Miami will be fun. Um and then Dallas at Phoenix for the nightcap. The 1030 game is Dallas at Phoenix. So Luca trying to son, trying to son Devin as as is known on the internet. People are saying that Luca's daughter is uh Devin Booker's little sister. Have you seen that?
1: <laughs> what no? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because said Lu- Luca's his dad,
0: dude. Yeah, yeah. That's the take that's been going around that's lately. Because Luca recently had a recently had a, a daughter, so that's been the take. I, I thought it was pretty funny, honestly. <laughs> Booker's oh, no slouch in that matchup, though. Like Booker's had his own like wins over Luca too, so it is a little hot.
1: I don't know, dude. I don't know. <laughs> just they reserved so on that against, one, man. It's th- that game seven against them. In 2021, the year after the Suns went to the finals was just, like, scary bad. Like, whoa, bad. Like, holy mm-hmm. shit. 76ers will Ye- probably end up being the worst game of the day, I would say. Out of that who, who,
0: what do you think is going to be the most entertaining? Either, like, uh, Dallas Suns or Boston Celtics, you think? Or Boston
1: Lakers? Yeah, Boston Lakers is going to be off the hook. That's going to be yeah. unless that is literally a blowout, like if Boston just pummels the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think we're going to be finding out what the Celtics are made of over this next month's stretch. I don't think they liked going out in the tournament easy. I don't think they yeah liked as much the as their
0: fan base tried to flex about it. Uh, oh, we don't really need this. Yeah. yeah, I think they were salty.
1: I would be salty too because, like, I think that. They were the champions of the first four weeks of the season because of their off-season mm-hmm. moves. Because of how good their off-season moves were, well, and how good they looked to start the season too. Quite frankly, exactly. I mean,
0: it's not a, it's not that they look bad now, but yeah, I get what you're saying.
1: I think that they're gonna have like uh, they're they're gonna want to be ready for this game and see it as a showcase. Mm-hmm. So I would yeah. I would look forward to them playing well over the next few games before we get up to this one here. Warriors Nuggets also might have potential to be a snoozer depending on how bad the Warriors are looking and mm-hmm. how much Jokic just puts on a show against that. We could see like a 46-15-14 game from Jokic that night if he's feeling christmas me. Mm-hmm. He's feeling like delivering. Bucks and Knicks. Now, I know you're going to love this. The Reddit superstars are bought back in on Julius Randle. Because oh of the loss that they took against the Bucks, and how good Julius Randle looked in that game, because he had a take where he shoved Giannis out of the way, which I don't know offensive foul, but shoved Giannis, moved him, and made the bucket and had a pretty good game against the against the Bucks in a loss in the end season tournament. But Julius Randle is back. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, what a headline. What a headline. Said
1: it was one of the most impressive games they'd ever seen him play.
0: Is it impressive enough for him to get a mention in the title of this episode? It'll be IST <laughs> Review no! Julius Randall's Return.
1: <laughs> Julius Randall's Ascension.
0: Oh yeah. my god. IST Review Christmas Day Breakdown Julius Randall's Ascension. <laughs>
1: So I think that Christmas Day will end up being something it's just always going to be something that we're looking forward to. There's always a good vibe on Christmas Day games and there's usually something mm-hmm. pretty good going on because you never know. Maybe Philadelphia and Miami will be the best game out of all these. You could end up mm-hmm. having like some kind of ridiculous in playoff game, game or maxi like show out game like in a, yeah. like a big Christmas breakout for him or something. So there's something there's something involved for each of
0: these. And the vibe is always so fun to sit down and watch basketball on Christmas Day, man. After you've... I don't know about uh, you, yeah, but we I always have know. family Christmas party on Christmas Eve. So then the next day, you're kind of chilling in the early part of the day. And you're just watching some hoops. And it's a total vibe, man. You're kicked back. Hopefully, there's some snow on the ground. So you ain't got to go nowhere. And that's just... That's the best vibe, man. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we got a blizzard or something. So I can
1: just <laughs> chill and watch hoops, that would man. be amazing. That would let amazing. me watch some hoops on Christmas exactly. Day. So. I would love right. to have one unripped, uninterrupted, uninterrupted day of NBA Christmas. That would be amazing. My family would never accept that <laughs> There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> <laughs> borderline blasphemous.
0: Uh that's awesome. Uh so let's keep it rolling here. Adam, we're getting through December here. We're ten days in. We're talking Christmas Day games. Before too long, Adam, we're going to be at the trade deadline. Honestly. Before we know it, it's going to be here. When is it exactly? NBA trade deadline.
1: I feel like it's 15th of January. February 8th. Oh, February 8th. Okay. Yes, February so, yeah, pretty 8th. pretty close to the all-star break then. Yeah, exactly. So it's right there at the start of
0: February. Um, so starting December 15th, I think there's a lot of these contracts that were signed that can be traded, and I believe there's a date in January as well. I think it might be January 15th. I think that's what you may have been thinking of. as another uh, yeah. date. Because I think Carl like, Anthony Towns becomes available in January, technically. Um, so we're getting into the season where like movement can technically start happening, and I think a lot of rumors are going to start kicking up, especially now that we don't have the IST to talk about. It's right back to who, where the fuck is Zach Levine going to go. Uh, is DeMar DeRozan going to get traded? It's all that shit. Now beyond those guys um I don't know if you had anyone in mind I think you mentioned you maybe had some one person in mind that could be potentially on the move.
1: Last night gave me some of my first thoughts. I'm like I think Rui is the most expendable player on the Lakers right now. I think it's Rui. Oh, wow. I think that he might be the guy that if the Lakers can do Rui in a pick for another wing, that's a deal I would do. Wow. Or another shooting guard like Reddish that would be behind Reddish and not take away from that. Cause I think that he's Ham's guy. I think that he's Ham's starter. He is. He is. So, I think I, I, like, Braun, it. I like it. <laughs> I think Braun really <laughs> think... likes Reddish too. Because after all interested. this
0: talk about Rui being with Braun in the gym all season and everything, Rui does kind of look dejected out there. He played nine minutes last night. Nine.
1: Yeah. 0 for one. He's dealing with the face mask, though. So. There might still be something left for Rui. I think Rui is just such a confidence related player mm-hmm. that it takes it takes ebbs and flows for him to do do things. I don't mm-hmm. think consistency is really something you should ever rely on him from. Right. Because he's just as big as Vando. Like yeah. hes him and Vander are like he's bigger.: size. Yeah, if anything, he's bigger. So like he's, I think he's, he's got the eyes to score, but I'm like his he's so obsessed with fade, fadeaway mid-range. He really is. He tries to play like Braun in the post. Yeah, and it just doesn't work like that for him. when he's no. just more of a wing than a he's more of a wing than he ever was a block guy. He, he doesn't have the jump on the, the touch on the jumper, like
0: LeBron does in the post. He just doesn't. Yeah. LeBron can hit right. the fades. LeBron has has added that into his game as he got older because he had to and he and he really worked it in there. I mean, not that he couldn't do it when he was younger, but he really mastered it as he got older. Rui tries to oof, I think he takes inspiration from Braun there, but that jumper just looks clunky. He,
1: his jumper reminds me of Giannis's jumper. Yeah, like, a little bit. A little bit. A el- little bit uh, just yeah. something about his release point, too. It's too much like kind of just jumping, like leaning forward for him. Yeah. Like it just, it kind of ruins the idea of consistency. Because when I was watching mm-hmm. the Lakers last night. I was like, the Lakers have three point guards. They have one, two, two threes, which is Prince and Braun. Their only two mm-hmm. is Reddish. Rui and Vando are bigs and AD is the pivot. I think it's I still have Gabe Vincent if he ever gets healthy too. Exactly. Everything else, Wood Hayes, Vincent, and Hood Shofino is just sprinkled to the to the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So like everything else you're getting from that is just Christy as well. Addition. Yeah, Christ. Oh, did I not? Yeah. Well, I have him in my. I think he's the third point guard. I think they're mm-hmm. kind of like shaping him, saying you're a point guard. I don't think mm-hmm. you're. I don't think you're just a combo. Mm-hmm. I think he's a pretty good passer, and I think that Darvin Hamm is telling all his guards. Just keep your fucking eyes open for Anthony Davis in the block. Just keep yeah. your head up because that seems like what yeah. their all identity is. But I think Watch that's what... for that. Watch for the mismatch that AD's that AD
0: creates and look for LeBron cutting, because LeBron right. is cutting out of his mind right now. Right. Because <laughs> that's what
1: you ideally should be doing. Yeah. Unless your name is Austin Reeves and you have a moderate green light. He's <laughs> authorized to cook.
0: Right. He's authorized <laughs> to cook. It's Whether like, he's played well or not. And then quite frankly, I think he's best cooking off the bench. And you see that in this, get in their win, too. He comes yeah. off the bench and he yes. gets 22 points. Well, 22 points and ends up with 28 in the game. But 22 points in the first half, that's great off the bench. That's phenomenal off the bench. That's what you want from like a third, And he finishes option. the game. Yeah. Finishes the game. I mean, that's, that's what a lot of guys will tell you matters the most. A lot of those high level role players that'll t- they'll tell you that like finishing the game matters more to me than starting the game, quite frankly. right. So, there you go, and you know he's got trust
1: in that that group, so he's got LeBron level two point five security clearance, yeah, he's getting there, yeah but I just so. I look at Rui out of that whole group of role players, and I'm like, this is the guy that's kind of fitting out the most still, because mm-hmm. I think that Vando is what Vando is. And they fucking threw him. They told him, your only responsibility is Halliburton last night. Mm-hmm. You switch on to Halliburton. We have the bigs to back up the rest of it. Like Isaiah Jackson's right. their backup five, so we can literally throw Rui Rui yeah. on him. So <laughs> yeah, like we're not too worried about that. That's the Right. <laughs> and I I love the head hunting from Vando on Halliburton mm-hmm. last night, but I just like at seeing Rui play around that, I'm like, a pick in Rui for another big guard or a wing I think I say name give me a name oh that's the problem that's the problem is because Rui is so plateaued in trade value right now his trade value was maximum after 29 points against the Memphis Grizzlies is that how it is I don't think you're getting maybe you might. You just might get Alex Caruso for that. Just
0: clean for Alex Caruso. You don't. You don't fucking get involved in Levine. You don't get involved in DeRozan. You don't want. And I don't care that it's an expiring contract for DeRozan. I don't care that Zach Levine allegedly fulfill or fills some offensive holes for you. You get Caruso. You just fucking get Caruso. You want a guard that can slot into this rotation? There he fucking is. A defensive minded guard. Because
1: as so much- soon as D'Lo is pushed off the floor
0: for defense. Yeah. That's who comes in. That's exactly Caruso. what I was going to say. That's your, okay, D-Lo's getting cooked right now. Caruso's coming in. That's your option. Caruso, Caruso
1: Reddish, and Prince, Braun, and AD. Is yeah. there really a better defensive starting five in the NBA? Then I, don't I mean, Boston's, so. Boston's going to definitely contend
0: on that. But Yes. yes. Okay. At that point, I would That's say true. the Lakers have the best defender in the league. So what are we talking about? So yeah. Yeah. They they, just, I think they do have the best defender in the league and Anthony Davis. I don't think that's out of I don't think that's no, hot.
1: I think, no, I don't think that's hot at all, but yeah, like, I don't know, dude, Rudy Gobert, <laughs> Rudy Gobert, so Rui. Out, Rui though. Rui is your, is your thought then? Yeah. I think Rui's the guy that if you can swing a valuable, moderately valuable wing, and or big guard from that and a pick. Like, you send a protected twenty twenty nine and Rui, and you let Rui go to Chicago, and all of a sudden, he's getting to take 18 shots a game again. Mm-hmm. Maybe that works. You never know. I'm a dead Chicago Bulls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that might just kill Chicago Rui Bulls.
1: even more. Who knows? If
0: I had to say someone outside of, like, the Chicago guys... There's been noise around OG again, but I just don't think that's realistically going to happen by
1: the trade deadline. OG's a three-picks guy. You got to have three-picks and probably a young guy for OG. I'm wondering...
0: I'm really wondering about the Warriors. Honestly. Like, I'm like, do they do something with Chris Paul? Clay's not going
1: anywhere. Yeah, they're not trading Klay. They won't won't no. trade that guy? No. Because you want to piss off would... Draymond and Steph in one swift motion, that's how you do it. And I think the only way they would lose him,
0: because I, I, don't, I realistically, I don't think they're getting as much value back that they would truly want to recoup from trading him right now. On top of that, I don't think they would want to lose him that way. I think the only way they would want to lose him is a situation where he walks after this year, because then they can say to the media, well, he just didn't work with us on the contract. He just was not willing to negotiate with us. They can cover their own steps with that in terms of the the narrative around it. If they trade him, it's just you just you cut him off. You just yep. sent him home. Like yep. you literally broke it up. And that's yep. <laughs> not gonna go over well in your fandom. It's just not. You're gonna you're gonna get a lot of salt for that. So I think it's Chris Paul. I think they move him. I really do. I it's clunky. Ultimately, when he's actually out there, I don't think I think Steph and him are cordial. I think that's fine, but I don't think they they fit well enough to compete at the highest level. And quite frankly, this team is cheeks
1: right now. They are yeah, they're bad cheeks. They're bad. They're a bad team. And I think that by the end of this month, we're probably going to see more, you know, public opinion that Brandon Podjemski should be playing more than Chris Paul. Oh, it's already there. Like. That's already. I there. think Steve Kerr is there, yeah. Like I think he's there fully. So I mean, if if you really want to take on the bargain of thirty nine year old Chris Paul playing backup elite point guard minutes for you, mm-hmm. and sharing the floor with another guy that's also not a defender anymore, and that's Steph Curry and Clay being slotted down to the three four almost. Steph Curry, minutes. who it's never disgusting. was a
0: defender, or oh, let's just say that Compton, got a little maybe. Meat. Got a little meat on his bones
1: and could hold up against small guards and that's about it. It's just, yeah, it's just the idea that I don't think that they want, if they're going to play competitive basketball, they shouldn't want Chris Paul there.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: And he's already, and, he's hurt. He's hurt right now. Yeah, I know. I know. So, and it doesn't help that he's not even there and he's still on your team right now. Yeah. Like, it's not like their other experiments are going well. Like you and I said, Moody and Kuminga Sarich It's all just kind of bland. I think you clear it all out.
0: Paul Sarge and Kamega. Whatever. If that's two deals, if that's one deal,
1: if you can do it. OG for that? Sure. Maybe Toronto wants Chris Paul. You never know. I mean, Gary Trent's bad right now. He's just straight up bad for the Raptors. Maybe you could get him for cheap because he isn't expiring. OG and Gary Trent. Or like Chris Paul, Sarich, and Kaminga, that wouldn't be a terrible fit. And you can—I mean, two picks from the Warriors. I think they have to if they want to actually compete. Because apparently, the whole time. organization's pissed at Andrew Wiggins too. I think they're a first-round exit. I mean, yeah. Right I think, now, I mean, my mind for them is playing. I'm like, yeah. they're gonna have to be fighting the plane. That's where my mind was going on Chris Paul, too. I'm like, do you want Chris Paul playing for a playing spot? Right. No. Yeah. Yeah, they're bad. I think that they will be someone active and trying. Active mm-hmm. and trying. Which now, is now my question to you. No, which is what Well, I was just gonna wrap up on that. It, it
0: would be different than what we're used to with them. But hey, we got Dunleave now at the top. Dunleave's been in within the organization, obviously, yeah, yeah. but he hasn't been at the top. Now he's really running shit. Like, I, I know they are never been the ones for an in-season trade, but I think he might be a little bit more willing. I mean, he was willing enough to cut off Jordan Poole and make that trade. Why wouldn't he be willing to move Chris Paul? Everyone thought when they got Chris Paul, he was going to be moved before the season even started. And then going into the season, it's like, ah, he's still a trade piece for them. Like That narrative has been there from the jump.
1: So, yeah. And I think it's real. Um, that's all I'll say on that just to wrap that up. But go ahead. I have one... Let's bring up one more talking point here that I think is still worthy and on the back burner for a lot of NBA pundits. Do you think if the Knicks call the Cleveland Cavaliers front office and say, Barrett, quickly, three first-round picks for Don, does that get done this year? Because there's... There's a certain hesitancy on both sides that I think that they're both like, we're not good enough. We are not good enough right now. And you kind of wonder, neither are neither are just straight not good enough. The Cavs are closer to mediocre than we want to admit. Not even yep. that we want to. They just are. I'm, they're closer I'm just to straight mediocre. admitting it. I've, been, I've been fucking
0: sounding the horn on that to, from like two weeks in.
1: I mean, the media, I mean, at least the Cavs, PR media has tried to clean up, you know, the whole Don unhappy. Don wants out. Don mm-hmm. is not resigning. Don is not doing this and that. And this he is. He didn't put pet some front office worker's dog the other day when they saw him in the office. Should <laughs> <Which> be hilarious, <laughs> but but like, yeah. It's just I'm like, how far? How many? How many weeks away are we from the Cavs panic buying on Donovan Mitchell because they're like. Small market team. Panic selling. Yeah, yeah, panic selling. But small market team quickly starts now that, and I think that you could argue to yourself that maybe you could find a second deal for Jared Allen where you're bumping Mobley down to the five, and now your three, four rotation is Barrett and Struz. But that's too small.
0: Your way, you're too uh, Mobley is not a five. Mobley cannot keep up at the five in this league right now, he just can't. Yeah, just, yeah, and I think not a good idea. that's going to really limit his ceiling overall, unfortunately. And I think we're seeing that more and more. Uh, and I, I think that's really going to ultimately be a big cap for them. But I do, I do like the idea of quickly starting alongside DG, I love that, right? Because
1: I think that's a battery pack move, and I think yeah. that Barrett. If Barrett's on the Cavs, he probably starts on Struis. Yes. And... He does. You never know how that's going to affect someone like Struis, but you also... I like the bench of a Struis and LeVert swap coming in to back up those guys to play a crucial Mm -hmm. 24 minutes behind them. LeVert can cook as a playmaker when he needs to. Right. Exactly. And I like... I. I love Karis. So I'm like, I still believe in him heavily, that he is a contributing part to a winning NBA team because he mm-hmm. knows what he is. Mm-hmm. And he's big. So that's huge too. Like they need a big guard. And I just, I think the Cavs need to clean this up before they're actually staring down at Toronto Raptors like thing where they're holding their pieces so close to their chest and they just don't ever get better.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Knicks are doing guess- the same
1: thing. Yeah.
0: The Knicks are historic for doing that, holding their pieces too close to their chest and not making the move. And you already missed on once. So yeah, I think if the offer is there, I think you
1: take it. And the Knicks just have an insane amount of tradable assets right now. Like they have the insane amount of ammunition in their pocket where they should be able to get someone.
0: And it might be that Cleveland has to settle for Grimes. Because quite frankly, Grimes has recently been in the media about not getting a lot of opportunity and his shot attempts have really dropped. And people are looking at Tibbs like, what are we doing with Grimes? Quickly has been more of a highlight, obviously. So it might be that the Knicks don't want to budge on Quickly and the Cavs would have to eat Grimes. Which means then you're really banking on RJ Barrett being a big boost for your team. And I just... That I would be worried about. If you had Quickly in with that, I'd be comfortable because I'm like, that really that's a nice guard rotation right there. I mean, that really sets you up nice and I really would like the fit with Quickly and DG. I think it's a little bit more seamless than what we have with Dawn and uh, DG, which I think just almost seems to get worse as it continues. It doesn't seem to get better. Um, I don't think they've really built true chemistry there. Um, So yeah, I would do that deal. I would. Even if it was Grimes, I think I would end up doing it because then maybe you could flip something else. But yeah. I think, I think that's reasonable. I've been saying,
1: get sell Don while you can before he walks. And he's walking. I think that yeah. walking is not a fantasy at this point. Is there's, it after this season or does he have a whole other season? Yeah, there's another season. So mm-hmm. he'd have a year and a half left if he was traded now. So, and then You that, want a whole other year and a half of being mediocre? Yeah, exactly. Really. Of being the sixth seed. Now, here's yeah. a counterpoint to that. When you brought up Grimes... That made me think of another team we were talking about earlier, and that's the Sacramento Kings. Mm. I think that's a good fit. Mm-hmm. If the Kings could just slide in and get Grimes from them, mm-hmm. even if it's worth like a Alex Len or mm-hmm. Duarte, someone like that, just trade hands. Barnes, do the do the <laughs> the Knicks just want to max out on six eight forwards and get Harrison Barnes in there too to play off the bench or even starting minutes? But like. I think that Grimes would be a great fit on the Kings. I think that'd be pretty nice. Interesting. He'd fits that bios because then you have three wings that are 6'8 that are looking to shoot around. Fox and Sabonis. Yeah, that's a lot of movement. Yeah. And I think he yeah. fits that pace well. Yeah, I think he would
0: fit their pace very well. That's not a bad idea. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it there. As always, stay engaged with us across all social media platforms at the DIP Network. Stay tapped into, obviously, the Hoop Forum, but also the Longer Yard NBA, uh, NFL podcast as well here from the DIP Network. So stay engaged with us. Let us know how you feel about our content. Let us know how you feel about our takes. Let us know your takes. We want to hear all of your takes. And as always, we appreciate any and all listeners. So like... Share, rate, and review the podcast on whatever app that you use. Give us that five-star review. We'd love to see it. And Adam, it never misses. It actually has missed a few times. We've literally had episodes where we've forgotten to do it. I've had an episode where where I've crumbled and I couldn't even come up with an idea for it. But Adam Elder, as always, one more take.
1: One more take. My, you know, what I was doing on my phone here was looking at the stat line for Scoot Henderson. I'm going to go ahead and read that off here. 12 games this season has missed time. 9.3 points, four assists, two rebounds, 2.7 rebounds, 25 minutes, 33% from the floor, 18% from three, 66% from the field. Looking like a G League guy. I mean, already was a G League guy, but 19 years old. Blazers are, yeah, they're a team that's not making any moves. They just bagged the fuck out of Jeremy Grant. They are <laughs> locked. That's, in gonna, on go Grant, <laughs> that's are locked gonna go in down, maybe. We're locked in on Jeremy Grant as a Tobias Harris contract three years from now, where they're paying him forty, almost forty million a year just to be a basketball player. But I'm yeah. like on Scoot, not feeling great about it right now. To be honest with you. There's hiccups there and I feel like he's could be Cade Cunningham himself. Who's had a good last week though and in spite of all the salt we've thrown on him this year, Cade has had a good week. His last like six games he's been like 48 and 40 and like pretty a well above average from the free throw line too. So Cade's had a bit of a rebound here but There's just Mm -hmm. a thing where it's like, if you're so bad of a team and you have a shock creation guard like that, are they really going to improve by, you know, being a tank commander all the Mm -hmm. time through the first three years? So I just, I wonder what Scoot was going to look like by year three, because right now I'm like, I don't want this to go Cade territory. It'd be bad news for the Blazers. It'd be bad news because it's already bad news on the front of Dominating, too. Bad Ugh. news. Oh man. Oh I mean, no, 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 no. He is the seventh most efficient mid-range jump shot jump shooter in <laughs> the Good
0: <grief>. we, are, <laughs> we are in deep. We are in deep on the Blazers. Um one more take oh, wow. for me. And this one might be a little complex, but I'm putting it out there because yours was long-winded. So I'll put out a complex one. If the Nuggets finish, finish below the three seed, so like four and below, if the Nuggets finish four and below, which I don't think is outrageous because of the way the top two teams are playing, and if the Thunder finish in the top two, I think SGA is the league MVP.
1: Damn. I really do. That could happen. That could, we could get a year six SGA MVP. My God. He's averaging 30 right now. That's He's
0: been like fringe yes. the last couple of years. He's fringe arrived. Every- He's arrived now. And they are literally the two seed. The Nuggets, even with Jamal, have had moments where it's like, oh, what's going on here? A couple hiccups here or there. I think them in Minnesota are going to keep rolling. I just think they're 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 set to be really good regular season teams, and they're running off a of high energy right now. Um, and I think he would. I don't think there's a case there for Ant just because of how
1: everything is spread out across that whole team. Because I think um, it's more. I think the team success is contributing more to Rudy, Nas, and Kat are all finding space as bigs around
0: each other, are able to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, and not to discredit anything that Ant is doing because he's stepping it up on the defensive end of the floor. There's definitely been that. Side of it. I just don't think, yeah, it's like you said, there. it's more because of these, they're figuring out that big rotation and now are yeah. able to crack that code for the Thunder. I mean, it obviously Chet's been playing great, but everything starts and finishes with SGA for them. It Chet's just been amazing. He has Chet's been amazing. He really has. And he's playing with a lot of confidence. Jay Dove, amazing. I don't think the rest of their team takes away from. SGA in the conversation because I think that's part of the conversation for SGA is that he is elevating those guys. He's actually affecting those guys um, to the point that it's raising their their floor. And it's awesome. It's awesome to see. I don't think it's hot. Two seed in the West?
1: If they're the two seed in the
0: West and the Nuggets are below the four if the four and below. Because then I think that takes Jokic out. Like usually team success is enough to take a guy out of the conversation. And if you're like four, five, six... Mm. If there's guys that are playing at an elite level and they're a higher seed, it's just tough to deny. And yeah. it could be a team in the East, too. It could be something over there. I mean, boss, it could be like Tatum or something.
1: Could take that. T- t- could take that. Is just getting uh, farther away. I think Tatum MVP is just getting farther away. Yeah. Unless it's absolutely clear that he is the absolute number one guy and not like, oh, this is kind of a super team. Mm-hmm. He'd so. have to have an incredible... Like post-All-Star run, I feel like. Like with this amount of talent around him, if he was at like 32 a game on good efficiency, I think he'd be pretty comfortably in the MVP talk.
0: Yeah, because it'd be like, holy shit, they're deep and he's still grabbing 33. Yeah, exactly. And Bill Simmons would just die. Bill Simmons would die. Off the record, Bill Simmons would be ejaculating all over.
1: Yeah, he would.
0: And Kevin Connor would be below him just like drinking. He'd be introducing his uh, daughter to Tatum. Yeah. And then ejaculating all over himself with Kevin O'Connor underneath of him cleaning up any scraps. So that's how that would work. Um, we're going to wrap it there. Thank you. We're out. Peace.